everybody hi Ooh, that was good even with your uh mm. ailment i like to call it my sexy voice i was sick two weeks ago right yeah i think so it was right after christmas yeah it's mattel i think not right last last week we do rated r last week was rated r so uh, then mattel. the week prior was mattel i was sick for mattel yeah so uh we didn't, Squeezer didn't get COVID for making out with me. Nope. Because we didn't do it this week. No, we wore masks while we were making out. <laughs> yeah. Did do I? Um, but he got, he got the COVID. I got the COVID. I don't know if you were willing to share that information with the world. I guess it, uh. I was, I was planning sure, to share no. it. Yeah. Uh, Clearly, you lost your sense. One of those HEPA filter violations or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's fine. Clearly, you lost your sense of taste because you're doing this show with me still. Hey oh. Hey oh. Every now and then, <coughs> honestly, like it was, I'm. It's not that bad. Every now and then, I get a little, yeah, a little coughing well, spell. But. Not to sound so preachy, but you are fully vaccinated without booster. Uh, yeah, I was supposed to get my booster on Tuesday, and I tested positive Monday morning. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, the combination with that and the what is they're calling the Unicron variant, yeah. so. Ah, uh, that. World Eater. Unicron. Yes, I, I meant to, yeah, you said it right, like, in reference, particularly to the show. Yeah, right, we're talking to... Hasbro. Yeah. They're in the same, yeah. they're in a shared universe, kind of, so. Are you, uh, yeah, it kind of like pick. snuck up on me. I think it like I actually had like a cold, and it translated one led into the other. I don't want to spoil anything, but are you talking the NES game at all? Uh, no, no. I think I did. You did. I was going to, and we did a previous show, yeah. so I wasn't gonna read. So it. I'm playing it at the beginning of the show, and I'm looking. And I'm like, man, this is such a fucking contra ripoff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Everything was. At least they had the common courtesy to change it up a little bit. Yeah, it looks fun though. But it is fun. It is fun. Definitely better than Platoon. Yeah. Definitely better than Platoon. So, um, how are you feeling otherwise, generally? Good. I'm good. Yeah, at my worst, it was like a bad head cold on, what was that, Tuesday. No, wait. Hopefully you're symptom-free tomorrow, so you can be with me at Phantoms on Saturday. Very much so. I love being home with my family and home schooling and taking care of them. Yes, a we lot. all know you're working from home. <laughs> I'm working. Hey, I got some. Uh, last two days. Sorry. Today was a little rough. Today was. You're prepping ribs tonight, so I know how you'll be working from home tomorrow. There's not that much work to be done on the ribs. And I have a laptop, so I could sit out of my deck, you know. In the freezing and- gold. It's either the freezing cold out there or the deafening sounds of tantrums and Mm. arguments over whose Christmas toy is whose. Are the tantrums because you're home? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just cooped up and there's not Well, it's a high, it's a high of 43. It's war, it's balmy for us tomorrow. 
Oh, yeah. I, I picked a good time to be stuck inside. I'm not going to lie. It was miserable out there. Yes, it was. Um. All right. So uh, what else is going on? I, I'm assuming since you didn't weren't at work today. I'm not saying you didn't work, but you weren't at work. You had time Ouch. to watch Book of Boba Fett. I did it while I was working out before the show. Okay, good. So I'm, we, all, I'm all caught up. Uh, this episode, last week, I was... I actually do get. I probably get more work done from my home than if. It's just a different kind of child bothering me when I'm at work. <laughs> um, Book of Boba Fett was was another good. I, I thought this one last week was really cool. I love the whole. Uh, I love the whole train. Yes, people online are calling it. The Tuscan Raiders of Anarchy. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Um, um, the, I, I, the, I like the look, Robin. I mean, Henry... having Robert Rodriguez direct. Not saying that the guys who directed uh, the, the the women and men who directed the uh, Mandalorian couldn't do this, but Robert Rodriguez directing and doing a train heist was real. I mean, that was fucking dope. It's not easy to do. Were you pissed when they were calling Spice? They're referring to Spice running and drugs. Oh my god, they were. I'm what, saying because of Dune. Because or... of Dune, yeah, because of Dune. That was, oh that was no, I the... mean the entire. I'm watching that. I'm like, wait, did I? I didn't. I didn't get the 4K disc yet. Am I watching Dune right now? Or... Oh come on, this had to be way more exciting than Dune. Uh, there were moments. I loved Dune. But uh, this, that's from that's something Lucas stole from from Dune. The spice. Oh, absolutely. Drugs. Yeah. yeah. I run- mean, the desert world itself. Is... Yeah. Well, yeah, that's all stolen from Dune. But the the drug running is uh, uh, spice running. Um, but uh, yeah, that was all cool. The whole the whole uh, hallucination lizard and going to find his bantam fighting stick, whatever the fuck. The I'm not a uh, total daffy st- stick. That yeah, daffy stick. Gaffy stick. Gaffy. Gaffy. G- Kathy. Like the tape, but with an I. I was impressed I know the name of a Bantha. That was a good I was Yeah, it was very good actually. Uh and Chrysanthemum Dark from the comic books, that evil Wookiee. Yeah, he's pretty badass. And more of them uh More of them in this uh, the only thing that irked me, and I talked to Dan at work about this, was the CG huts. The the twins. Yeah, they were, it was a little weak. Yeah, they should have done them as puppets. That would have been way cooler, way more expensive, but super. Way cool. more expensive, but yeah. But the the. Or the, you could have done miniatures. Nah, they had to do puppets. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But I mean, they didn't have to do them to scale. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess. Then well, you're just making more work for yourself, I guess. But I mean, I get, I get why when you're when you're carrying them in the litter, you gotta have them CG, I guess. But I hope if they show them in like their hut. Their hut, no pun intended. Their puppets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Enchantress thinks the rancor is a trick. Oh, and uh, um, Danny Te- uh, Trejo. Trejo. You know what? It's funny because like can't do a I'm Robert not... Rodriguez uh, no. project without Danny Trejo. <laughs> um, and you can see him from like a mile away. Like you're like, like before wait, wait, wait. it's like the shot. Like you see it coming yeah, up. Yeah, he's the bigger than the the huts. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, uh, it's. You're not like, is that a rancor? You're like, that's Danny Trejo. It's Danny Trejo. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rancor oh, and, calf. And 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 we had Milton, 
Yeah, yeah, Bill, Milton, Bill Dotrieve. Milton, Milton's gonna burn the whole place to the ground. If you don't, if you don't get these goddamn cyborg punk kids out of my goddamn water mongering, I'm going to burn this whole this whole castle to the ground. I'll burn it. I mean, I I thought it was a very. Uh, I'm a watermonger. He's kind of, yeah. kind of like Mr. Uh, uh, Strickland because he played yeah. Mr. Strickland and Bill Dotrieve in King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like him in every. He's great in everything. He does. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's I, in the West I don't Wing. know how I feel about the punk. Ki- I I felt very Back to the Future too about the punk. Ki- oh, oh, not just Back to the Future too. The entire <laughs> sequence was first. I I kind of look at it as they're paying homage. There was a. I, the bikes I see that was like I see it as an American graffiti tribute. Oh. It was a very 1950s style like hot rod uh, kind I of still, bike. I still didn't like it. Yeah, I, I I I'll I'll give them a chance. Yeah, it's different. It, it's I hate different being like sure. I didn't like this because I like the show. Yeah. We're nitpicking yeah. here. We're nitpicking. I want to give a. I'm gonna give it a chance because yeah. look, Star Wars universe is very big, and not everything has to be like beige and gritty, you know. Um, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. It but felt how very... I want to know how they keep those so shiny on that. Right? On that, Did you that not get a Back to the Future two vibe off those kids? Oh, 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 the the kids for sure. But then the whole chase sequence, even ending with the car sliding sideways. Right. Yeah. It's very into, Back to the Future. Uh, but opposite Back to the Future. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Different. No, it wasn't John John Williams. Who did that score? James Horner. Um. Don't Google might it. Might be. See if you can remember. I'm I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to picture my uh, Back to the Future my book. Um. Hmm. Oh, no, it wasn't James Horner. Alan Silvestri. Isn't that, isn't that the dinosaur? Oh, it's Jack. Yeah. Alan Silvestri. Huh. Um. Yeah, I'll give him a chance. You know, it's a little... Oh, I'm, giving, I'm, not, I'm more than giving a chance. I love yeah. the show. But I'm just saying um, things that were kind of weird and out of place. It, it, it's yeah. I think it, I think if there was more, like they kind of that whole click and the bikes and everything just kind of appeared out of nowhere. There was no like kind of setup to it. Not, I'm not saying you have to do this every time, but like the, you, there was no knowledge that this world existed or like there's these kids with these bikes. Like it was kind of just out of the blue. Eh, but I'm fine with it. There's so much. There was so much Star Wars that was all during wartime. So now anything that is just normal, everyday, run-of-the-mill Star Wars life. Well, we're we're still in the different. the post Empire vacuum before the New World Order or whatever the fuck they call themselves. I don't know what you're talking about. What uh, is? The Kylo Ren in charge of, not the, the Knights uh, I, of Ren. I'm, yeah, I'm not recognizing it anymore. <laughs> oh, you've gone total. Uh, I'm, you're, I'm you're, fine with it. It's more fun that way. You're a black-pilled Star Wars fan. No, I just, eh, it's it's there. It doesn't upset me. It, it's one, it, I mean, it exists, but it, it doesn't, 
play any role into my enjoyment of any other Star Wars. I'm not letting what I disliked what they did in some of those. Yeah, but they re- they reference things in Mandalorian, so you have to acknowledge it. No, I don't. Yes, they do. No, no, I'm saying I don't have to acknowledge it. Oh. Well, they do reference it in Mandalorian. Yeah. I'm assuming we'll reference it. Oh, no, it was a whole Snoke thing is there. Like, it's... Snoke thing? Yeah. When they reference Snoke in Mando. The Vats. Oh, 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 that, that. I was referring more to, he refer he talks about the, what's it called? The New World Order? The First Order? And the Yeah, First, first Order. The First Order. Even though, it, I don't, it's not the first, it's at least the second. Probably closer to the third or fourth. Are they trying to be like the Third Reich with that? Yeah, I guess they didn't want to go with the Third Order. It's yeah. a little too on the nose. <laughs> right. So, um, yes, Book of Boba Fett is fun watching. I'm really excited tomorrow. Uh, the last episode of of uh, Station Eleven drops. Are you caught up on that? No, I completely forgot it even started. <laughs> well, the last episode drops and. It's it's kind of it kind of takes a different path in the book. Okay, I mean it looked like it had, there was some things I had to, but yeah, yeah. Um, and the first episode or however many episodes of Peacemaker premiere tomorrow night on HBO Max, which I'm excited to see, but not like freaking out over. Uh, there's too much to watch. There really isn't. There is. I don't consider me and uh, Enchantress watching a lot of TV, but we pick our shows to watch, watch it, and then you know move on. She reads like fifty books a day. Ah, I stare at a wall for hours. <laughs> no, it's not like like the television doesn't go on until like you know after eight o'clock at night. It's not. It's never something that's just on unless it's Red Zone on Sundays during football season. Yeah, I tried that. Oh well, yeah. That lasted for a whole like <laughs> five minutes. Is is uh is is the television allowed to always be on for the kids, or is that like what? No, no. There's well, <laughs> this week it is, hmm. but um, you have rules set, boundaries. Yeah, there's there's time that just you know it can be like ah eh, you know what go ahead, but you know one episode or something like that. It's it's not an all day. Yeah, we did. We, we had that. Like you could. We only. We. I mean, you only had like two televisions in the house, so it was and no iPads or iPhones or you know. Obviously, that goes without saying. But it. You know, eventually, when I was like over ten or eleven and got my own television in my room, I was able to watch all day and night. Yeah. You know, melt my brain. And uh, I'm more of the ah, let them go because eventually they'll get bored of it or move on. Plus, and she wants very much just no, they don't need to watch cartoons all day but my argument is like especially like a saturday morning she's like we're not watching tv we're playing it's family time I'm like Ugh, saturday morning is not that, family that time. did not exist for me on saturday morning i'm like look at me saturday morning i had it booked from like 6 a.m to 11 a.m maybe to 12 depending on what was going on and that was cartoons all day and i turned out fine i see i had... points out that might not necessarily be the argument that i want to make yeah who wakes up at 6 a.m also 
So I was more like nine thirty. I was up at I was up at five thirty because I wanted to make breakfast and I didn't want to miss cartoons. Oh my god! Yeah, me. There's nothing I I didn't I didn't give a flying fuck about the Wizard of Oz cartoon that aired at seven in the morning, Squeezer. <laughs> so I was more interested in like nine thirty ten to you know noon and then wrestling was on after that and then uh, you can't just jump right in you got to warm yourself up oh you got to watch you got to watch the prelims if you're going to order that's why like when i order the pay-per-view i don't just start watching at 10 i'm watching at six and i'm watching fights all week leading up to it oh. it's an investment in my time <laughs> that's why you can't see any shows all these fight pay-per-views i, I haven't watched one in a while either it's been a while i uh i would get up Saturdays, and if it was like a nice day, you know, um, if, if it was in the summer and it was rerun cartoons, you'd go right outside. There's no, there's no watching cartoons. Mm-hmm. If it was a shitty rainy day, you know, you might want to, you might watch some cartoons and wrestling, waiting for it. Uh, in the winter, you watch your, in the, you know, the the school season, you watch your cartoons, you watch your wrestling, and then you go out, you play for a while, or if it's a shitty day. You watch daytime. You're watching Baywatch. You're watching infomercials. You just you wait until. Yeah, but it, even if you're not watching, it's always on. Yeah, yeah. That that TV never went off. No, no, it was it was on. And I don't think I ever physically turned it off myself because it used to. It's not really a thing now because it kind of goes to sleep on its own for the most part. But yeah. like Netflix that was sleep, a... t- that sleep timer. Yeah, P, uh, WPIX11 wasn't asking us if we're still watching like Netflix does. Yeah. It was like... Fucking Netflix. It's like, you're going to fall asleep watching me, watching Baywatch, and you're going to wake up <laughs> to a really shitty B-horror movie, Shocktober. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, but yeah, I never once hit the power button on my TV to turn it off. I set the timer because you, the thought you, of going to bed in the dark and silence was terrifying to me. You throw old LJN wrestling figures at it till it powers off. They're heavy enough to, you know, have the power to hit it, but they're rubber, so they're not going to break anything, you know. That's what those things are good for, or like the first In home defense. Yeah. Um. Yes. Uh, Bob Saget passed away while we were gone. Squeezer. Oh yes. I have a I have a Bob Saget story, if I may. Oh, absolutely. So he was he was doing a show at the Sands Event Center, and Pat from Live Nation called and was like, "Hey, uh, I got a Saget needs everyone on stage at uh, 4:30. We gotta we gotta go over the show. He's got a couple cues. You gotta be there 4:30." So we got there, and Bob walks on stage. He's by himself. He's really nice. He's like, "Hey, so yeah, this is a cool stage, cool room." He's like, "Uh, uh all right. So um, uh, where's Pat?" and uh, my God, he's not here yet. Pat's not here? What the hell? He called me freaking out. And he starts doing a pattern. Oh, Bob, you got to get that 4.30. We got to go with the cues. You got to da 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 And Corey, uh, who's in hospitality, she just laughs. And he's like, oh, is that a good Pat? And she's like, no, Ryan does Pat too. And she's like, I don't know who's is better. And he goes, who's Ryan? I'm like, oh, it's me. He's like, hey, Ryan, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm the video director. He goes, ah, oh, Ryan, video director. He goes, well, let's hear your Pat. Let's do a dueling Pat, a Pat off. I go, oh, Bob, you got to be here at 4.30. We're going to kill you at 4.30. And he laughs. He goes, this is a good pat. And he does his. <laughs> and he goes, cool. He's a really nice guy. He goes, all right, well, he goes, I'm going to go check in. Uh, and then lay in the bed and, you know, maybe do some naughty stuff. He goes, I'll be back down. 
So he's a very nice guy. Yeah, that was a real. That was a real story. It was a real story. Uh, not not like a. And I I am so sorry for your loss. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so sorry because I know heartbroken. heartbroken. Yeah, no, I mean I, it is sad no, that no, he died I, so it's young. It's very sad, but it it we have to make sure that it's about you. Yes. And not the family. <laughs> yeah, no, it's about me. I I lost Bob Saget. In fact, I'm planning the funeral. They don't know it yet. No, I'm not trying to make it about me, Squeezer. I, I'm just saying, I have a. Oh, I, I, I know you're not, but I have a Bob Sag, Saget no, story. No one would blink twice if you did, because that's what everyone else thought. That's yeah, I know. That's I just had a Bob Saget story, and it, I by every by all accounts, he was a hell of a nice guy, and I could. And Enchantress, when she lived out in Hollywood, she's she uh, stumbled across him a few times, said he was nothing but nice, but. Um, uh, Vorengo. This someone like shows up and says some weird. I don't know if this is like the. Uh, the we're gonna have to ask. I know you have a question for Alex Jones later. We're gonna have to ask him if this is part of the Illuminati of the lizard people. This Frederick Pope. You see that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. You, yeah, you have I your, don't... your question ready for Alex later. I. I told him I to stop by. Was, I told him to stop to... by the show because you had a question for him. And he said, oh, is Squeezer any better from his fake COVID disease? <laughs> That's my pat. I'm still stuck in pat. Uh, I, yeah, so I had a story where he was a nice guy and a funny guy and involved one of my bad impressions. So I figured um, might as well tell the story to all the listeners, Squeezer. To garner their sympathy. That was great. That was great. It wasn't to garner, garner any sympathy. It was to say... That Bob Saget, in my account, was a nice guy. Didn't know him. <laughs> didn't know him any. Sorry. Any, uh, any, any much more than that. Uh, his his stand-up show was funny. Um. He he ends it with rolling with Bob Saget, Night Michelle. You know, he plays guitar and sings on stage. Does some does some stuff. Uh, where did I say? Ask Bob. Ask. When did I say that you had to ask Alex? I mean, just on the show, like oh, 30 whoa, seconds whoa, whoa, ago. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I. You were. Um, you were saying that the people who are saying they got COVID again might be um, fall, agents working for false flag. Oh yes, operations. I'm now. I'm a false flag operative. Well, you never had it the first time. You're talking about people. We're talking people no. who got COVID. Oh twice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, GI gonna... Joe did a whole bunch of false flags. So. Yeah, he'll be here any minute. The um, general flag was a false flag. But yes, Bob. I had that little story, that personal story about Bob Saget to, to, to prove he was a nice guy. Not to make it all about me. Squeezer would have had the story about Bob Saget too, but he was busy being. A father working his second full-time job that night, so he couldn't, he couldn't be there. I w- I stopped getting invited to those. That was not my fault. I know. It became like. Remember when it was supposed to be a treat for us? No, the, the Sands was never supposed to be a treat. That's what we were told. I don't know who who told you that or promised, but they, they used to the main stage at Music Fest used to be a treat. I only ever heard him say that. It is now. The yeah, the Sands. Was always I remember exactly what we were at Nazareth doing a football game and he was on video and Dave was directing and I came to run tapes and I'm standing there he goes 
Nerd, you better put your availability because I'm going to need you to direct all those stupid fucking sand shows. And it never, it was, it was never a treat. <laughs> Trust me. It was the only treat was when you you were shooting the commercial for Indina Menzel and you tripped in front of her and she goes, "Oh, honey." Oh, honey. Oh, she's tripped. so sweet. Yeah. Uh, that's my famous person story. Yeah, tripped. And... Elsa called me honey. Yeah. Oh, oh, honey. He just tripped. She laughed too. Yeah. I didn't trip. I walked into a case. Yeah, I have that footage. I I should post that on our Instagram. Of me falling? Well, I have your perspective. Mm. Yeah. So, that was fun. But, uh, yeah, she was great. She was great. Uh, The footage in the hallway of you shooting her in the hallway, and you're kind of keeping your distance, and she looks at you and nods her head over for you to come closer, and... You got. I don't remember any of this. You just inched close. You inched closer. I think. <laughs> it was a. It's a very packed hallway. I had to like step over meatloaf. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but you know, Axe came there, and I. You're after like a two and a half hour show. You really have to pee because you drink like three monsters not to fall asleep during meatloaf's show, and you go downstairs <laughs> and meatloaf's laying like sprawled out, like fucking starfished, in the middle of. <laughs> The fucking hallway with oxygen tank connected to him. And I'm just like, uh... And his manager's like, go ahead, just step over him. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Mr. Loaf. I have to pee. Good old times. Um, Alright, I guess we could start our show. Yeah, I am, I am very excited for this one. Are you all in on this? Oh yes, I am. I am all in. I, this is my yeah. I'm up with chasing plastic. This is my top uh, three toy lines. It's got to be. It's so much of it. Oh shit! Hello, hello. Who's that? Hey everybody, hey Squeezer, how you doing? It's uh, Alex Jones. I just got down Infowars.com. I was talking about. I- I'm really upset. That uh, Frederick Pope, he's posting Vorango, that is, Illuminati lizard people speak. Justin Bieber invented the language of people. Do not read back what he's posting in there. That is coding, that is that is word coding meant for the Illuminati to tag this show. Obviously, you two are agents of the Illuminati trying to get people to live in the past. Live in the past, forget the future, forget that false flag operatives are saying they got COVID twice. You can't get COVID twice because if you get the COVID vaccine... Obviously, you get HIV and you're going to die. It's to wipe out some mass extinction. Mass mass deaths are going to happen from the, the big pharma is trying to wipe out. Pfizer is sick of taking your money for boner pills and hair enhancement products. They want you dead. That's what's going to happen. I'm sorry, Squeezer. I know you and RK both have the vaccine. You will be dead in roughly three or four years. I will take over the show. Radiers.com will move to the InfoWars family and I will host it with the lunch lady. I, I, you know what? That's not... Shit, I might actually watch that. Listen to that. Well, you'll be dead, so you can't. I heard you have a question for me, Squeezer. Go ahead. I No, I don't. I forgot. What is it? Something, something. False flag operative. Getting COVID uh, twice. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> Listen, uh, no one out there the who is saying they got COVID-19 twice. It's a, it's a couple... I remember back in 1979... 
my dad and I were in. We we're the the project NORAD. I saw it with my own two eyes. Seventy five, Alaska, there, Judo. <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. No, sorry, you're. I mean, you're I don't. Alaska. I don't want to interrupt your show, Squeezer. I was invited on as a guest. Sorry if I'm interrupting. You don't. You don't want to interrupt our show, Alex. You don't. I was invited on as a guest of this show. I was taking DMT with the Wood Elves, and I was in the underwater portal where RK and the rest of Illuminati gave us a gracious invitation to come on to your show. So I did. Uh, Satan himself, Squeezer, is a fan of this show, and I know that for a fact. Alright, let me finish. I just want to give one plug. RK, promise me a quick plug. Get the beta, mail, max, pills, infowars.com. Use codename RAD. At checkout, get 20% off your order. This isn't the shit you get at GMC. Ran by the Illuminati that's going to make you tired and sluggish. This is the real stuff. It's got ground up false flag operatives. We burn their bodies, grind their bones up, put them into this pill. You take their beta male hormones and it turns you into the alpha, beta, male, max you were meant to be. Get it right now. Twenty nine ninety five. dollars 95 Use code name rad. Use code word rad. Get 20% off your order and figure it out for yourself. I got to go. I got I to gotta pass. Infowars.com. I'll see everybody. See you, Squeezer. <laughs> Alex has a small bladder. Why didn't you go before you called in? He was, I think he was waiting, Squeezer. Oh, oh. The lines are busy. Yeah. Uh, sorry to your friend who hates Alex Jones when he comes on the show. Who, Squeezer? Sorry to my voice. I know yeah, you're, I, <laughs> you're not fully recovered from COVID-19. That probably, that probably wasn't a good idea. It's like, it's not COVID-19. It's 11 <laughs> degrees outside. The air is drier than Squeezer's rib rack that he left on the smoker too long. I would never. <laughs> uh, all right, let's start the G.I. Joe show. And I believe, Squeezer, it's your first pick. Oh, fun. And uh, here it is. Nothing can stop Cobra. What about G.I. Joe? It's the G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe against Cobra. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe against Cobra. And the first one to knock out the other guy's ammo, rockets, communications, and laser power wins. I'm going to get you, Joe. No way, Cobra. G.I. Joe. The best he wins. Fun. They they really phoned that song in. G.I. Oh Joe God, yeah. against well, they Cobra. Even, they even, G.I. Joe and Cobra. <laughs> I don't know if you heard the edit in there. They actually had to drop it out because when they recorded it, they're like, it's the G.I. fucking Joe battle game. And they, they're like, dude, you can't say that. But they already recorded it, so that's why they dropped the audio out there. Started the song. Are you doing shtick? Yeah. That's the only copy. The only copy on the internet does that everywhere, no matter... Who, whoever put the original up and then the 30 people that copied it and posted and tagged it as their own. Um, Did you write it, the shtick, down ahead of time, or was that off No, I just kind of popped in there. I was trying to think of something. But. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know how I love board games that aren't board games, but more just interactive competition things. Mm-hmm. Um this is this was a lot of fun. Uh, I only got to play it a few times. My my buddy up the street had it, and 
what's cool about the Cobra Battle Game, which I have no idea why it's called the Cobra Battle Game. Because it made a good um, song. G.I. Joe <laughs> against Cobra. Cobra Battle Game. Cobra Game, Battle Game, G.I. Joe. Like, it. G.I. Wow, Joe against Cobra. It really is. It. The, the, the shittiest version <laughs> of that song, possibly. Um, so, this was one of those games where you have to launch shit at the other player's stuff and knock it over is what it was so you had two bases you had a green one which was gi joe's you had a blue one that was cobra's and uh you had these little rubber band triggered uh like uh ballistas that would fire these little foam tipped rockets they look like uh shuttlecocks mm-hmm. i always wanted to say shuttlecocks on the uh, radio's podcast first time we got to say it in five years shuttlecocks one more time um and you launch these missiles at the other base, and there's four uh, somewhat spring-loaded, like tension-loaded uh, cardboard cards uh, splayed out on the base. And it was that you had the lasers, lasers, uh, freaking laser beams, rockets, and communications. And the point, the idea was to launch these and blow up the other guy's four bases. Uh, before uh, he can blow up yours. Pretty straightforward. Um, as far as... Uh, where's my go-to site? The uh, the Game Board Geek. Like, where they have the com- the weight complexity rating. Uh, it doesn't even give it one. Because <laughs> you're literally just firing missiles at each other. It's more a toy uh, than it is a game. Uh, but it was... What was cool is... It scaled to... A G.I. Joe toy, like uh, to a vehicle or a base. So this actually could serve double duty. Now your G.I. Joes have missile bases and <clears throat> you have no need to actually play the game, but you could have like oh, use it as a playset. It could serve double duty. Um, you can still buy them out there, still in the box on eBay for like 30 bucks. Um, I didn't get to play it that much because it was one of those toys where, like, you go to your friend's house and you see all their toys and you want to play with them, but they never want to play with them. It's just sitting there on the shelf right next to the fucking, uh... Oh, what the hell is that? It doesn't matter now. I can't think of it. Mousetrap? Um, oh, Mousetrap was one of those. That's a good one, too. Um... I don't know. Why can't I think? Why am I drawing a blank? What that the Ghostbusters game? No, because I Mall had Madness. Ghostbusters game. No, not Mall Madness. Although Mall Madness was pretty awesome, I wanted to play. But back then, you're like, oh, I'm not allowed to play. It was this a girls' it was a game. Girls game. Yeah. That's so dumb. But they made a guy's version of it called uh, Mega Virus that I had. <clears throat> That's true. Um, oh, Crossfire. Crossfire. I don't know why I couldn't think of Crossfire. We like, kept... I see the whole commercial in the head, and I, I'm singing you... the song, Wait, but I can't get okay, the words out. Stop. You kept Crossfire in a box? No, no. Oh, wait, your You're friend like... had it. You didn't have yeah, Crossfire. Yeah, my friend had it, and we... it just sat up on the shelf <laughs> along with this, and this wasn't in the box either. We kept Crossfire out like it was like a showpiece, and you just, if you wanted to play Crossfire, you just got in front of the Crossfire and played it. Oh, no. Like, like, a, like a foosball table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a poor person's foosball table. <laughs> that That's... <laughs> That's what we should do. A whole market of, uh, like, stand-up, full-scale, like... Crossfires? Like a crossfire, but 
in like the same like footprint and scale of a foosball table. And and has like air compressor to shoot the the oh, the bearings. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to put like a little plastic sheeting over yeah, the top of, course, of it, so yeah. like you didn't so shoot the balls didn't out. fly up and yeah. you know take an eye out. Mm, okay. Someone with some talent and skill get on this. Okay. Yeah. Eric from Texas. Uh, <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, it, it was a really fun game, and it was cool that it could uh, cross uh, cross over into your your figure realm. But and but terrible, terrible commercial. I'm gonna sneeze. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna call. <laughs> <coughs> You can't cough. What? <laughs> I can't. Falling apart with the rad years. I called sneezing first. All right. Here's, are we ready to move on to my first pick? Yeah. All right. Here it is. That Joe's in trouble. No, the Cobras are in trouble. That Joe is Sergeant Slaughter. Don't mess with Sergeant Slaughter. He's as strong as they come. Meet Sergeant Slaughter and his Triple T tank. Sergeant! Sergeant Slaughter is now a part of G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe! A real American hero. Live the adventure of G.I. Joe. And look out, Cobra! Sergeant Slaughter comes with Triple T tank. Cobra figures and equipment sold separately. Look out, Cobra! So, here's the story where I get to do my Vincent McMahon impression. Oh! Oh, your voice can be shot. I know. So in uh, <coughs> 1984, are you drinking something? In the mic. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, in 1984, Sergeant Slaughter Squeezer was up there uh, with as as popular as uh, as Hulk Hogan was almost as top babyfaces in the WWF. His, uh, you know, the Patriot. Uh, Shit, WWF or uh, you know USA shit was a huge gimmick that Hogan, you know Hogan had, and he he adopted it more after Slaughter left, because we're talking pre WrestleMania one Squeezer. Hmm. Uh, I remember uh, going to see him. Uh, I think uh, eighty. I was really young, and it was at Rockney Hall, and it was Slaughter versus Corporal Kishner, or Slaughter versus Iron Sheik, and we bought like puffy stickers as our. Uh, it was like at the at the at the merch table. WWE Ooh, puffy. fun! Yeah. I love puffy stickers. But we saw that was at Rockney Hall Squeezer. Wow. Yeah, we saw a wrestling and Sergeant Slaughter, and I was it was we were like. He was like the main event. It was really cool. And um, so Hasbro Toys was like, fuck, this guy's perfect for the G.I. Joe brand. And they signed a contract for him to develop him as a G.I. Joe action figure and a character in the cartoons. Which he voiced, maggot. I can't do it. So this pissed off somebody. <coughs> Goddamn, pal. What are, you, uh, what are you doing? You made a deal with Hasbro. Uh, make your own toys. Huh? I want my God. <laughs> so Slaughter was like, 
now and they parted ways because he's like you know I'll just I'll just be a fucking action figure yeah a, a cartoon character <coughs> and this was so early on too there were other places to go yeah he could work the fucking territories still and um still be in be on uh, uh GI Joe and he would be like a huge hit at all the territories cuz he was on fucking GI Joe so uh, WWF signed a deal with LJN to make action figures in like 85 or 86 and that peaked in 1987. Uh, it was super popular. 80 the wrestling was super popular. It was right around the time of um WrestleMania 3 and Hasbro decided to capitalize on it and Sergeant Slaughter's popularity by making a GI Joe uh, branded eight-inch Sergeant Slaughter rubber figure that not only closely resembled the LJN wrestling figures, but the ad where you bought him—it was a mail-away figure—had him wrestling and beating all the LJN wrestlers. <laughs> like they're in the ad with him. Uh, and the ad reads: "Wrestle with the best. Get an eight-inch Sergeant Slaughter wrestling figure." Uh, move over, Hulk Hogan. Out of the way, Hillbilly Jim. The Sarge is back in action. On sp- on special furlough from his duties as a drill sergeant from the Joe team, Sergeant Slaughter takes on the wrestling world once again with this ultimate ringside offer. The new 8-inch tall Sergeant Slaughter wrestling figure wants you to be his manager as he battles the likes of Nikolai Volkov, Jesse the Body Ventura, and Iron Sheik. Add Sergeant Slaughter to your wrestling ring and watch him put famous chokehold on the competition. Don't get caught in the turnbuckle. 8-inch Sergeant Slaughter wrestling figures. Not available in any store, so order yours today. And then how to order, you, it, it, there's like a yellow part to it. Please send me blank Sergeant Slaughter figures. And close $8, $8 for each figure plus $1.50 shipping and handling. This was nine fifty back in fucking 1987. So action figures with inflation are kind of the same price. Hmm. Um, it's... I feel like I remember paying like five. There was a time when like it was like five bucks. Certain ones were five, but those LJNs, eight bucks each figure. Uh, you fill out the information requested form, attach a check or money order, no cash or stamps, please. Payable to Hasbro Direct Inc. Mail to official G.I. Joe offer. P.O. Box 7905, North Hollywood, California, 91609. And the offer was good through March 31st, 1988, or while supplies last. Please allow six to eight weeks. For delivery, offer good in the United States except where prohibited by law. Like if you get sued by WWF for using their copyright. (laughs) So McMahon wasn't happy about it. Pissed a goddamn pal. That's my fucking copyright. So there was rumors that LJN like produced this figure and sold it to Hasbro, the mold to Hasbro, which is not true. Uh, Hasbro made the mall, the mold, and the figure. And they used different types of rubber uh, that were easily discolored. Because everyone who has one of these bastards, they're all, like, fucking discolored. Then in 1990, uh, Slaughter got back with McMahon saying he wanted to come back. McMahon signed him and turned him into an Iraqi sympathizer. (laughs) I got an idea, pal. You'll never be in G.I. Joe again. You're going to be an Iraqi sympathizer. Saddam Hussein's number one guy to battle Hulk Hogan for the WWF title. Uh, 
because of that. Hasbro was uh, Hasbro released Slaughter from their GI Joe contract, but then, uh, of course, WWF's deal with LJN was over, and they now had a deal (laughs) with Hasbro to make action (laughs) figures. So uh, Sergeant Slaughter's first official WWF action figure was made by Hasbro. For the WWF Hasbro line, which is in that case in my office. I love that line. So do I. It was the first, like, action figure line I remember. I remember being at Toys R Us and getting the big boss man and Dusty Rhodes with my dad. Like, looking up at the end cap they were on. And, uh, I don't know. What do you... What do you did you just... What? I, I can't open a beer? Did you just get that out of a cooler? Like a zip cooler? Yeah. Yeah, hey, you folded that whole thing for us. Oh, sorry. I I tried the turn. It's a good mic. <laughs> it is a good mic. Like I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, is he pulling his gun out of his backpack at <laughs> all? Because <laughs> I'm talking about uh, old LJN action figures. Another part of the story is people got a hold of prototypes. Of a slaughter mold, but made in 1984 by LJN before he left. Um, but uh, a lot of people think it's they're just custom knockoffs, so no one hmm. knows for sure. Well, what's cool is too, if you uh, what the hell's the show? Uh, he has everything of him. Like if there is a figure of him, he has it. What's this? Slaughter. Oh, Sergeant Slaughter does. Yeah. Like, he has Rubbermaid bins just stuffed. It, every figure, every line, everything. And He you, kept what, everything. What show is this? Uh, what the hell is that? Uh, that show where they would go around and find old wrestling memorabilia. Oh, the one WWF did on A&E? Yeah. Oh, I never finished watching it. Oh, shit. Uh, now I gotta watch it. Me- yeah, I watch the Sergeant Slaughter one because he donates the, uh, the his hat and his crop. Ah, I watched the uh, oh, Mankind spoilers. one, Sorry. and oh, that's I didn't want to see it. I watched the Mankind <laughs> one and the Undertaker and the Kane one. Yeah, he he just comes out with like you know like the <clears throat> like like all the bins that you have just lying around just full of him. That's There's strange. a lot of them. All right, here is your second pick, Squeezer. Yeah, uh, thank you for your help. Martha, you talk too much. Hey, come back here! This money ain't no good! It's U.S. dollars! Absolutely worthless! Hey, you know, I've been thinking. I think we were out more than a few hours, guys. More like years. I mean, resistance movement? Underground? Those old folks made it sound like snake breath beat the tar out of Joe and took over a long time ago. Come on. Yeah, sure, that's <laughs> you great. Kidding? Get, <laughs> off Get a load of this! No, Clutch. That's not New York. Not the one we know, anyway. And that's not our Washington below us, either. I don't even think we're on the Earth we know. I think when the transmuter exploded, it didn't change our environment. It blasted open a gateway into a parallel world and hurled us into it. A what? Another dimension or something, where some things are identical to ours, but others, such as Cobra's world domination, are very different. 
Even I, her exposition. I know. I think I'm gonna read off exposition. <laughs> <laughs> and it, um, her tone is almost like, "Do you not get this already?" <laughs> it, it almost sounds like a farcical. Yeah, yeah. But uh, fortunately, that that is the, the most of it. Re- really, like uh, now that they move on. It, this is a two-part episode, Worlds Without Ends, where uh, a team of Joes uh, consisting of, oh, who is it? It was Flint, Lady J, Airtight, Footloose, Barbecue, Clutch, Grunt, and Steeler are on a mission. And the transmuter gun uh, was destroyed while in the process of a fight. And this transmuter transmutes matter into different matter. It could be turned metal into paper, as Destro was saying, and you just rip open the vault. But it had other properties and transported them to a different dimension. And it, this is like a really, really good violent episode of Sliders. Hmm. Um, and uh, they end up in a world where Cobra wins. And the fun thing about I, I wanted to pick this about. one in particular. Sorry, what's up? The fun thing about <laughs> the fun thing about GI Joe. <clears throat> was that they just had fun with it. They never took this show seriously. They, they were always like... Th- it was not grounded any way whatsoever in any kind of reality. They did not even try, including rank and file. Because technically Flint should outrank Duke. Fuck Duke. Oh, yeah. Um, technically, yes. But... Uh, where is he going? Oh... Like, they travel through time, they're fighting, you know, the Roman army, or there's dinosaurs, or they're in outer space. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. This one, as far as a sci-fi twist that puts them in a different dimension, the rest of it is fairly grounded. And this is a really, like, if I had to sell you on, like I did with Brave Star, where it's like, I had to pick a good G.I. Joe episode to show you. This, to like, is like, this oh, gonna you be know what, as... I will watch old episodes of that. This is one I would pick. On that Brave Star, it's pretty good. Yeah, it is a damn good episode. Um, <clears throat> and th- this one, it, it's, it's very he like... He just did his excited throw clear. What's that? I said he's excited, everyone. He just did his excited <laughs> throw clear. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm sorry. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm getting stuffier as we go. Um, but the team is now trapped in the world. Basically, they're trapped in Biff Tannen's uh Hill Valley mm. but with Cobra instead and uh as it turns out and and like uh Steeler is having a mental break he also gets stung by one of Destro's little bugs and there's a lot of infighting now too like there always was with Cobra mm-hmm. but uh Cobra Commander still the head honcho but Destro's busy doing his thing and is just sick of his shit Baroness on the other hand has basically flipped and is working from the inside, running a resistance, trying to, like, <clears throat> all right, fine, Cobra's in charge. We don't have to be dicks about it, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So she's trying to take down Destro and Cobra Commander by pitting them against each other. Okay. We don't find out until later. Okay. Um, but it, it, we find out that all the other Joes are either MIA or dead. And they even reference, they never actually say KIA or killed or dead, but... They're lost or something like that. Now, you could argue, well, they're still missing. Until we see actual 
skeletal remains of G.I. Joe's. And it's pretty gruesome mm. for a G.I. Joe cartoon on a Saturday morning. But it's all a dream. I used to. Uh, uh, um, and you got... Uh, it was uh, Steeler and Breaker find uh, <coughs> their bodies. It just so happens to be that the three guys that go back there also find their three bodies. And they also find Clutch. And they were killed in a weapons test, basically like Cobra just like playing around with their cannons. Like, oh, let's kill these three Joes now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they finally fight their way through. Baroness uh, tricks Destro into thinking that they're... Uh, Working for them now, she pits Destro against Cobra Commander, which buys a Joe's time to finally get out of here. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. Uh, Flint and Lady J, uh, Barbecue, uh, Footloose, they're, all, they're getting ready to go back when Steeler decides... Oh, and by the way, uh, Baroness had a relationship with the, per- with the dead Steeler from that world. So because of that, now she's heartbroken... And he doesn't have anything to live for back in the other world because that was a whole big setup where he's going to quit and life sucks. So he decides he's going to stay. And he's going to stay, reunite with that Baroness, and they're going to try to take down Cobra. And since their counterparts were dead, uh, uh, Grunt and Clutch also decide... I said Breaker earlier, sorry. Grunt and Clutch also decide they're going to stay behind as well. Well, why not? Yeah, to, you know... Since they're dead there, they're going to stay and fight there. They need good men to fight this battle. And women. And win. Eh, We don't know. They're left behind. There's a whole world there. So, yeah, it was actually fairly dark because at the end of the episode, like, they come back and three G.I. Joes do not return from the mission. And now there are three G.I. Joes from the very beginning. That's the thing. You have... Clutch, Grunt, and Steeler are their originals. They were in the first comic. They were in the first toy line. And at this time, you're making more and more characters, and you're trying to phase guys out. And this is a good way to give these guys an actual send-off rather than just having them disappear. Uh, and they oh, were, so they the were very... writing them off the show? Yeah, off the show, off the toy line. They, they kind of stopped. Eventually, they I think they reproduced a couple versions of, of them. But they... This is when they started making each character was much more unique. You know, they all had more gimmicks and, like, color and just pop to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas these guys were all, like, just a traditional olive drab G.I. Joes. Got it. Um, so it was easy for them to kind of kill them off when, in the, their mind, they have more creative characters that they can put out and sell. Um, there is... One fun so Baroness has an associate. Um what the hell is her name? Uh Leanna? Where are my notes? Is it this page? Leela. Yeah. Um so Leela is Baroness's like number one or number two, however you wanna put that. And there's a shot where we first see her where she's up on like this command post looking at the screen and we're looking up from behind and she's either wearing nothing but a leotard and thigh high boots or assless chaps. Mm-hmm. And it is a well-formed, uh, derriere that they drew for her, uh, unnecessarily. Okay. 
the next scenes throughout the rest of it, she has pants on. So I don't know if she just changed outfits and that's what she just wears to work on the regular basis. Well, I mean, she might, um, yeah. Or they left that in and someone made a mistake that maybe someone uh, was feeling a little frisky at work that day and decided... Because it's not like it... You don't draw and color the legs. No, you and don't. And then color pants over it. No. Um. So yeah, someone intentionally... Uh, like, put a dick in a Little Mermaid movie kind of thing. Mm. Uh, not, not, and not to that extent. You could argue, <laughs> hey, she you know just likes to show off her derriere. But uh, for a kids' cartoon, yeah, it was a little, uh, little risque, and it's still out there. It's because Hasbro puts all the GI Joes up on the YouTube's, yes, and that's the one I watched. That's still in the original. They still run the original one. No one went back to like change it or anything. I guess who cares? I have know? one question. Yes, sir. Is this your only recap of a uh, Star Wars? I'm sorry. Yep, uh, that's why I episode? only did one. Okay. Well, okay. That's uh, that's uh, then we're gonna move. I wasn't gonna move on if you had more, but I will move on. Here we go. Uh, it's yeah. Oh God, we're only on my second fucking pick. That gives me time. I can make another pick another episode. Well, man, check out that thing, man. What do you want to do with it? Let's launch over it. Who wants a body massage? Uh, what did he just say to us? Mr. Bottom Massage Machine, go! Uh, what the hell? Bottom Massage. G.I. Joe! <coughs> uh, what Vulture calls Squeezer, or not Vulture, um, The Verge talked about it being the invention of the viral video. The, the Fensler films. Eric Fensler and uh, his buddies were watching the DVD of G.I. Joe and the movie Squeezer. Mm-hmm. And on there, they as one of the bonus features, they had all the PSAs. That were like, mm-hmm. hey, kids, don't touch that live wire because you'll die and fry and get burned into the ground itself. I think about that every day, by the way. What? Oh, a live wire and just waiting for Roadblock to come and save me. Oh, Mr. Bottom Massage Machine, go. Uh, I used to say that, that and pork chop sandwiches all the fucking time. Like, that was like the most quoted thing of 2003. I thought these were earlier, but they were 2003. Um, uh, Because I knew there I was in New York, and then I was also watching them at Master Control. So it makes sense, 2003. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they were on E-Bombs World. That's where I first saw them. Yeah, that's probably where I watched them too. Not... And and there's only a few at a time, and like they're hard to find them all. And uh, like I just watch them over and over. Like, hey kids, pork chop sandwiches. <laughs> that was uh, I think uh, barbecue. Uh, Fensler's friend Doug Lussenhop, who went on to have a pretty big career uh, with uh, Adult Swim, he applied the right on the show. Tom goes to the mayor with Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim, and they. Oh. Um, yeah, and then he was on Tim and Eric's awesome show, Great Job. 
and uh, he uh, yeah Fensler works for the advertising firm went Wyden and Kennedy which it is sounds fancy best known for their work for Nike oh that's a good client to have yeah yeah um they the two agency television the agencies won television uh, Emmy awards for the morning after which featured a runner on New Year's Day in 2000 not noticing that every dire Y2K prediction has come to pass uh, and move which added seamlessly dozens of athletes and children moving from one sport or activity to another uh, so it's mine was their advertisement for Coca-Cola which aired during Super Bowl XLII <laughs> I don't know what that is uh, is that 42 geez. in 2008 Wait. Because L's 50. L's 50, so 40. 42. Yeah. It was named Best Super Bowl Commercial of the Decade by Adweek Magazine. What's, you remember It's Mine? In 2008? If I saw it, I'd probably remember it, but. It's Mine, Coke Ad. Oh, that's the one with uh, the Thanksgiving Day Parade and the Stewie and the Underdog Balloon. Oh, okay. Um, when there's a Coke bottle and Stewie and Underdog both go after it. And I'm not talking Underdog Lady. I'm talking Underdog. Underdog. So, uh, in an interview for WFM's U- WFMU's Beware of the Blog... Eric Fensler was asked how the original idea for the PSA come about. And he said, the idea to make the PSAs came just from revisiting the footage from my childhood via a DVD I found at a Virgin megastore in Chicago. I went there on my lunch break a lot to listen to music or just check out the sale bin of DVD, CDs, records, and lotions. I found the G.I. Joe movie on DVD for five bucks and had 25 of the PSAs on it as an extra supplement. I ripped the footage off the DVD and put it on my computer and started messing around with it. Nothing much more to it. Hmm. How did you go about making them? He, they asked. He said, I used Avid, Final Cut Pro, and Pro Tools, standard programs in the post-production process. This guy really doesn't want to be interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, they asked how they distribute them. He said, my gallery in Chicago, Haven Gallery, had been hosting them on their site in 2003. And it got shut down because they kept exceeding the bandwidth. Uncle Joe, whoever Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Joe is, figured it out. He does all my website stuff. So each month, Uncle Joe would put a new PSA up until we exceeded the hits, I guess. It would shut down. Uh, I, and then he says, I remember sites like Ebombs World and Heavy.com got a hold of them and started to host them. You would have to ask them how they fared with them. I assumed it was well-received because they kept asking me to send more. And then... That he asked, what kind of media attention did you get? The PSA fame seemed to result in similar opportunities from Adult Swim, notably in regards to C-Lab 2021 and Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job. The best media attention was seeing the Hasbro lawsuit on Hollywood television fluff show, Extra or ET or something. So strange to see it on the boob tube. Internet artists get shut down over Hasbro property. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but I listen. I I would smoke a lot of marijuana, squeezer, and just <clears throat> yeah. watch these yep. over and over and over and just laugh hysterically. Uh, they asked, "What uh, is Fensler Films up to these days?" Uh, and this interview is back. It must have been back in two thousand thirteen because he asked, "Any plans for a ten year anniversary reissue?" And he replied, Fensler Films is very busy and investing in a lot of stock right now. We are developing new technologies and getting back into the future of the Internet. Check out our website, FenslerFilm.com. I would like to mention that not without the help of Andy Guler, Doug Lussenhop, P.K. Hooker, and Michael Rodriguez could these G.I. Joe... Oh, his website does not exist anymore. Oh. Yeah. So I guess all that stuff... That's a new technology. uh... He bought in the future of the Internet. Yeah. That doesn't sound funny, though. The future of the internet does not sound like I'm gonna give a, get a good chuckle. So some of the, the ad the ad company he works for, some of the Nike stuff they came up with was just do it. Oh, that's that's popular. Bo knows the Bo Jackson Jesus. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Air Jordan ads featuring Spike Lee as Mars Blackman, which were were iconic back in the day. Oh, so they're like, oh, you did those cute little uh, cartoon things, the voices over the top. That's cute. It's real cute. Um, right. Charles Barkley's "I'm Not a Role Model" ad. Um, the the oh, they did the little Penny ads with Penny Hardaway. No, really? Oh, yeah. those are the best. The Lance Armstrong "Live Strong" yellow bracelet campaign to raise funds for cancer research was theirs. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty big. Um, oh, they did the whole This Is Sports Center campaign with the satirical look behind the scenes at ESPN headquarters that I ripped off for Sports Scene, remember? Oh, yeah, those were fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm just, we kind of went on a tangent. They did a Miller commercial called The High Life Man, directed by Errol Morris. Um, oh, that M&M spot, Lose Yourself. The Born of Fire Chrysler ad was done by them. And the Clint Eastwood one was also done by them. Oh, Dilly Dilly was them. By Bud Light. Uh, which one? Oh. The, the, the Knights Dilly Dilly. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Turn into Philly Philly. Yeah, so they, they've got uh, some bona fides. Yeah. Mm. All right. Your third pick, Mr. Handsome. It's the incredible G.I. Joe Mobile Command Center and it's hunting for Cobra. Three levels of awesome Cobra chasing, Cobra fighting power. Level one, armed and ready to attack. Level two, computer system is go. Engine room, we have full power. Level three, missiles loaded, let's go. Prisoner secured. Go, go. Let's move out. Nobody beats G.I. Joe, Mobile Command Center comes with driver. Other figures and vehicles sold separately. Real American Hero. 
Oh, uh, okay. So, as far as playsets go, mm-hmm. uh, Ghostbuster Firehouse is near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. It's great. This might be my number one, the most epic playset that I've ever had. <clears throat> it is. It was huge. Now, I don't know. As a grown-up, I'm sure it's going to disappoint me. As a kid, it was ginormous. Like, it was two arms, everything you could to carry it into place. And then it unfolded into three stories of just awesome G.I. Joe compound goodness. Right. Um, I it, By far, it was one of the bigger G.I. Joe sets. It's no general flag. It came out... The same year as the space shuttle one, uh, space shuttle playset, which was also really big. Um, but this came out. In, this was series six. Came out in '87, and it was like every little gadget gizmo you could want in a GI Joe playset. And it it moved. It had four tiny little wheels underneath the big ass treads that you see. And then it had an elevator. It had a really cool like cockpit. That the the front popped open and you could put three GI Joes in there to drive the thing because it's big, so you need three drivers. Um, but it was like all glass in the front. And it looked really cool, even though it did just look like a big brown box. It looked like a really cool big brown box. But what you could do then is you, you would stop and you would unfold like a like a toolbox or a tackle box, like it was geared the same way, um, and you would unstack it. And now you had like a full playset that you could. I mean, it took up. It was a pretty decent sized footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had uh, your uh, the ground level was a garage, uh, and it had like hoses, like little little plastic hoses that you could uh, like even had a little reel. They could reel it up, and you can fuel up vehicles. Uh, There's an engine and a crane and a hoist and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and you could fit. Smaller vehicles, uh, like the uh, like like the Doom buggy and stuff, you could fit in there. Or because uh, I, I didn't have that, but uh, uh, Slaughter's uh, Triple T fit perfectly in there, and so it would always get docked in there, and they'd be working on it. And you could have your GI Joes just doing a little maintenance. It was fun, uh, and you can like add drop the engine in and out. It was it was pretty cool. You go up the next floor. And you have uh, the command centers there, mm-hmm. and you got a little swivelly chair, mm-hmm. and you could slide back and forth, and, and you can hear just like uh, some big oaf sitting in that chair going, woof, woof, sliding back and forth from computer to computer. Um, but what's cool is they had a clear plastic display that that snapped in, and kind of like a like a digital readout, like you would have like, um, like you know like. That you would view the battle from, you know, like where the fighter jets are, where the tanks are in the field. Right. And you could have all your little commanders like hanging around there, you know, like, you know, like your officers like Hawk and Flint and, you know, not Duke because you're not an officer. Go fuck yourself, Duke. And, you know, and they can hang around there and, you know, like, you know, come up with a battle plan. And then, you know, the tank would roll out from underneath and you can fire missiles from up top. This thing was, you know what? <clears throat> I'm gonna say it. It was the bee's knees. Bee's knees. It was the bee's knees. 
Are you just saying um, that to see if I'm paying attention? So see if I'd make fun of you for saying the bee's knees? I did, yeah. Well, I wasn't paying attention until I heard bee's knees. I know. <laughs> Good job. I shocked me back, back into. Now, um, anything more on over describing this? Oh, uh, yes. Monster- I will over describe oh, no. the living bejesus out of this thing. Okay. Um, now, it came with a ton of like extra missiles, too, because they knew we were going to lose it. Oh, there's a little prison that dropped in and out. Well, that's fine. It had a fun slide, you know, because G.I. Joe's need some. They're like, oh, it's for them to escape. No. Sometimes G.I. Joe's need some R&R, so they would just want to have a nice little slidey board to go up and down or float down. Uh, it's some cool decals. Not all of them fit the places where they were supposed to go. Um, and it was just – it was big. That's what I remember. It was just big. Uh, there was – there was detail, but there wasn't. So there was like a lot of little, like depending on where you were, like the lower level, of the garage, a lot of detail. Upper levels, eh, not so much. Um, but what would be cool for me to see would someone to take one of these and do like a repaint of it, like an artist actually go and like detail it and make it look cool. That would be really cool to see. Mm. Um, and it, it came with its own truck driver steamroller uh this guy uh, he's got the trucker hat he's got he's ripped he's got like a 12 pack and he's wearing like a little kid's vest to make sure that he shows off that 12 pack with six grenades into the chest i'm guessing he didn't wear a seatbelt because i don't don't know i just might accidentally pull the pin on some of those grenades yeah yeah i don't (laughs) i don't know why a, a, a truck driver needs six hand grenades on your chest um, I don't know. I don't drive. I'll ask trucker when I get back. Like, do, how many hand grenades did you have pinned to your chest when you were delivering a scissor lift? But uh, twenty. <laughs> and he just opens up his jacket, and there's a hand grenade there. Um, this was thirty-five dollars in 1987, which is roughly eighty-two dollars today. Which, all things considered is still fairly cheap for a toy this size. Because um, there are play sets out there now, I know, that are there and more just because it's molded plastic. But they cost a fortune. But this one, uh, it was I came down, down the steps, and there it was at Christmas. Um, I, fortunately, I got to put it together myself. Uh, Dad wasn't going to do that. But me, half the fun for me was building these things and doing the decals so mm-hmm. um, yeah i i don't know if you can tell uh i love this damn thing yeah i rarely put decals on things i just didn't want to get it i didn't want to fucking deal with it sorry moving on my third pick i'm assuming you're done yeah yeah i'm, I'm getting excited okay Bearing Cobra Commander no longer has the ability to leave, Destro and Dr. Mindbender comb the tombs of the most evil leaders in history and from their genetic tissues produce a composite clone. The ultimate Cobra Emperor, Serpentor. Introducing Serpentor, the ultimate Cobra Emperor. Serpentor! Serpentor! The most evil foe of G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe! Cobra! Cobra Emperor comes with air chariot. Yo, Joe. Yo, Joe. Ah, <laughs> uh, so we had the Serpentor figure, 
Uh, and it came with that air chariot that was really fucking dope. But Serpentor, now you have to help me out here. I can't remember. I, I remember vaguely like a Serpentor storyline. And I can't remember if it was G.I. Joe the movie or the like the five-part miniseries of season two. Like he comes and, and Cobra Commander turns into a snake. What was that? That's the movie. That's the movie? Okay. Yes. Arise, Serpentor Arise is the miniseries where they... Use the DNA of like Napoleon and Genghis Khan and that to make him. That's probably where Michael Crichton got the idea for Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Say that Doctor Mindbender's on to something. It, it, in fact, if you read the book, uh, Doctor Wu is much more resembles Doctor Mindbender. No, actually, Doctor Wu is trying to talk sense into uh, Hammond by saying. Um, he could make them less he goes these aren't what was the line he was saying they they aren't um <clears throat> they aren't like uh real dinosaurs anyway these are the best we can do we don't know what they really look like and no one does so why don't we make them more docile and controllable and Hammond wouldn't listen and it eventually led to Wu being uh having his abdomen eviscerated yes he was he was uh, what's the lot? What's the word? You know the word I'm looking for. He was disemboweled. Is the word I'm looking uh, for. Ah yes. Now a lot of disemboweling in that book. So last night I went upstairs to uh, Google Serpentor and get some you know backstory and figure out where I was Ser- going. Wait. Serpentor. Serpentor. <laughs> Serpentor. Serpentor. I like that. That that sounds like something I would eat. Oh, yes. nice. Now, Squeezer, the reason why I didn't get to finding out what the story I remember <laughs> came from is because uh, there's this, there's a weird Serpentor sexy woman cosplay uh, thing out there. Wait, what? Yes. It's very strange. Can I just Google Serpentor cosplay? Yes. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of him. There's a lot of women. Who cosplay as sexy ser- I, I, serpenter? serpenter? I, see I see this. Why? 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 I, I have no idea, but it's a thing. And there's photo shoots. The one's really good. Like the uh, costume's really legit. Um, I don't remember Ser- Serpentor being that busty, but uh, uh, it seems like they all kind of have the same costume. Someone like sell these costumes or put the or is this just all the same woman? Okay, it's the same woman. Yes, there's one woman who does sexy. <laughs> uh, then someone did a 3D model of their own. But uh, yeah, there's one woman who made a sexy serpentor, serpentor, serpentor cosplay. There's a lot, there's a, some good huh. serpentor cosplay, but hers is hers is good. I mean. The costume is screen accurate. I'll give her that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the movie was really strange. Cobra, La, Cobra, La, uh, Cobra Law, right? Yeah, it was. And it didn't because of everyone being upset. They didn't kill Duke, right? They're gonna kill Duke. Oh, he was dead to rights. But everyone like got all butthurt over killing Optimus Prime, so they backed it off, right? Yeah, and then people got pissed that they didn't have the balls to kill Duke. <clears throat> well, you can't. You can win some. You can lose some. Yeah. All right. Here. I mean, I wish. I, I hope 
that it's true. Like if I get a snake spear to the heart, I just go into a coma. Well, we don't really know what a snake spear does to anybody, so it could very well just put you in a coma. That's to hurt because it's rather blunt. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, your fourth pick, Squeezer. Oh, in that case, Cobra welcomes you, partner. Together, we have mischief to make and famines to cause. But if the fool thinks he'll share my profits, he's out of his mind. Once, when I was the CEO of an up-and-coming chemical firm, I thought I was on top of the world. But now, as cesspool, I know that it is my mission to transform that world into a wasteland. Where everyone looks like me. Uh, what the fuck? Ah, cesspool. Uh, the birth of of one of my favorite uh, villains. Uh, towards the end, too. Um, and possibly the most grounded and realistic of them. A corrupt, ruthless uh, uh, chemical corporation CEO. Oh, is he? He's part of the the, the Captain Planet type hmm. guys, right? Yeah, yeah, the eco warriors. Eco war. You you yeah. you have fondness for them. These eco. I I do have a fondness for them. I, I like my uh, like the little water toys that change color. <laughs> They're always fun. Uh, and of course, I was a big Flint fan, and and Flint's the head of the eco warriors. And uh, <clears throat> cesspool is the head of uh, Cobra's uh, division. And I, I don't know why I gravitated towards him so much. Maybe because. I don't know. He like it almost like he makes sense. Like an evil uh, like this guy is a complete asshole that and they completely jokered him. He was a ruthless uh CEO that fell in a vat of chemicals, came ah. back disfigured in the face and mentally deranged. Was this after 89's Batman? Uh yeah, this was uh 1991. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, the clear as day they jokered him. Um, was his name uh, Rack Hapier? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rack Hapier. Uh, Vincent D'Aliva. D'Aliva? Di- oh, he's Italian. Um, from Newton, Massachusetts. So I just assume he's evil. Um, and it, it, depending on where you, where you look at him, now his he has like three different origin stories going between. Either the comics or his card back or uh, the cartoon. Um, in, and if I had to cast it, and just going off of like the card, the card back and his um, his profile, I had John Lithgow as, as my uh, cesspool. But in the cartoon, in and by the way, the cartoon was Deke. It was not Sumbo. Um, no. It was, oh, and it was Sumbo. No, by the time this episode, these ran. Oh, uh, yes. It was Sumbo yeah. and Marvel at first, and then Deke yes. took over. Yeah. And I want to go back to the previous, the episode I was talking about, the uh, Worlds Without End. Yeah. The animation is actually really good. Was it Sumbo? It was Sumbo. That's why, because Deke's animation was shit. <clears throat> yeah. The Sumbo animation was fantastic. The, the backgrounds were detailed and like there you could see lights in the windows it was just just like some bland matte there's a shot of zartan riding a motorcycle 
at you. Hmm. And it looks really cool. And then I went and I watched this episode, um, The Sludge Factor, where Cesspool makes his debut. And it is night and day. It is night and day the quality of the animation. Um, And if I had to pick someone to play him based off of Deke, I'm going to go with Peterson. From Seinfeld. He looks like Peterson. Oh, Jay Peters. Yeah. Jay Peterson, yeah. Um anyway, and he's like mildly uh disfigured. Uh, what what's cool about what what I like about Cesspool is not just a bad guy for the sake of being a bad guy. Jay like, Peters. It makes Jay sense. Pe- is it Jay Peters? Peters? Or Peterson? Jay Peters? Peterson. I gotta look this up. Peterman. 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 Jay Peterman. Sorry, I have COVID. Um <clears throat> And I think it's because he fits so well in that Cobra mold is why I like him. Because he's like, he's a vicious, like, chemical engineer. But, like, it makes sense, like, that he works for Cobra. Like, that he is, like, the money man and the ruthless businessman. And, like, there's just lots of good little backstory that makes sense that, like, he kind of fits in. He's not, like, uh, so many, like... Croc man, like random, like oh, here's a random bad guy. Why are they ra- bad guys? I don't know. They're bad guys. Like he, he actually fits the mold well, and as like a good like number three to Cobra Commander. Um, eventually Cobra Commander has him killed. You know, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, gotta you know clean up those loose ends, which I also like. Like if, if that's his end, like he was captured, and then they had a rescue. And they rescued a bunch of Cobra prisoners. And while he was in prison and being rescued, they just killed him right there. Um, and I, I think, like, Tomax or, like, they just killed him because Cobra Command's like, you know what? He's a pain in the ass. Just off him. And that's the way Cesspool should go, too. Like, by Cobra's own hand as that, that ruthlessness of it. Um, and this figure is really cool, too. Came with a cool helmet. He had a backpack. He had a, quote, acid chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want an acid chainsaw? It's pretty cool. If I had that, I'd be cutting wood all day. Um, all right, well, before Squeezer starts cutting wood, let's move on to my, let's see, my fourth pick. My fourth pick. Ah, the G.I. Joe Street Fighter 2. It w- I was really confused. As a kid, you don't understand these things. You're like, why are they... Why are the Street Fighter 2 figures, which we were <laughs> obsessed with Street Fighter 2 at the time, also G.I. Joe's, which no one cares about now, right now. Like, Because when these came out, people were not... Generally, were not giving a shit about G.I. Joe's at the time. No, nah, it was over. Yeah. But Hasbro decided to make these G.I. Joe... Um, I, and they did it on the cheap because I learned that there are a lot of re-decos. Uh, so Ryu, and you might know these, Squeezer, it was from the Ninja Force line. 
It would make that that makes the most sense. Ryu is a Ninja Force Slice Redeco with a new head. Ken is a Ninja Force Storm Shadow Redeco with a new head. Guile is a mix of 86, 87, and 91 molds with a new head. Shun Li is a Ninja Force Scarlet Redeco with a new head. Blanca is a nineteen eighty eight Road Pig Redeco with a new head. I knew that. And Bison that makes sense now. And Bison is a mix of eighty eight and ninety two molds with a new head. E Honda is a brand new mold. Dalsim's a brand new mold. Zangief is a mix of eighty nine and ninety one molds with a new head. Vega is a Ninja Force Bonsai Redeco with a new head. Balrog is a nineteen eighty seven Big Boa Redeco with a new head, and Sagit. Is a brand new mold. Um, I remember getting the vehicles dirt cheap too because they came with Champion Edition uh, versions of the characters that were colored the way when you played two player and then you both played the same color, what they were colored as. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Beast Blaster came with a Champion Edition Blanca and Chung Lee. Uh, the Crimson Cruiser came with a Champion Edition M. Bison. And the Sonic Boom Tank came with a Champion Edition Guile. There was a Dragon Fortress that came with a Champion Edition Ryu and Ken Masters. And then there were the 12-inch Ryu, Guile, Blanca, and M. Bison. But yeah, I had E-Honda. E-Honda was my favorite character because he was so good to be cheap with. Uh, I didn't have... It's a cool-looking figure because he's different-looking. Yeah, and I pretended he was... Um... <clears throat> Yokozuna, uh, which re- these these came with the figure tree that typical um, GI Joes came with, but they didn't really look like their counter video game counterparts. They looked like GI Joe redecos, like Dalsim. They they had to make a new mold for E Honda. They had to make a new more mold for, and Sagat. They had to make a new mold for because what else can you do? But they managed to like find parts to put a lot of these guys together. Yeah, I had put Blanca. And Blanca, uh, yeah, Blanca looked the weirdest. He, I had, yeah, I had the blue Blanca. Like a, that, that perm. Oh, I had the green one. The blue Blanca was the champion edition that came with the Beast Blaster. Ah, yeah, I had the green one, and I think I want to say I had Guile, but then again, he looks so he's just you know made of so many other GI Joe parts. <laughs> Yes, Guile is made up of 86, 87, and 91 molds. Oh, yeah, and I had all of those. With a new head. So they probably used arms, body, and legs of different molds and put a new head on him. And then they had uh, movie editions, which were pretty stupid, but like the, the, the line was already dead by the time the movie comes, came out, because back then that's how that worked. And I believe Mortal Kombat put out figures. I don't know if they were made by Hasbro, but they weren't G.I. Joe, but they were the same style. Do you remember those? Yeah, I had a couple of them. Yeah. Uh... The first Mortal Kombat figures. Let's see. Was... 90s? So in Kotaku, I found it. It was. What? I think it was Hasbro. It was. They just, they just decided to. I don't remember there being GI Joes though. No, I'm on the I'm on the YoJo forum and looking at the 
looking at them. That's weird that they do both. Because... Yeah, I, I had a couple of them. Mortal Kombat Midway Entertainment, 1994. Yeah. Many old G.I. Joe molds were used to bring the characters. Uh, yeah, form. okay, they were Hasbro, but they weren't G.I. Joes. But they were G.I. Joes, but they weren't... They were. G oh, they yeah, they didn't like tie the line they, they, together. Yeah, they weren't no. G.I. Joe branded. That's weird. I, I, was, I was pissed about that as a kid. And they didn't come with like the, the figure trees. So I'm reading this on Kotaku. It said the year was 93. Street Fighter was one of the biggest things on the planet and the vulnerable toy franchise G.I. Joe wasn't. In an effort to boost Joe's sales, Hasbro created, figured creating action figures based on Street Fighters would be a really good idea. It wasn't. Between 93 and 94, Casbro, Catcom and Hasbro teamed up to release a couple lines of G.I. Joe figures that were branded and sculpted to look like Street Fighter characters. While this seems like a bizarre coupling today, you have to remember, Street Fighter was everywhere in the 90s. It had cartoons, a movie, rap songs, t-shirts, anime adaptions, comics, the works. So a series of action figures uh, seemed totally normal at the time. In some cases, Hasbro did their best to replicate the Warriors' likeness, like, like, likenesses is the word I'm trying to say. Um, even though the standard template for G.I. Joe figure wasn't exactly, exactly compatible with Capcom's original character designs. They should have, you know what would have made better ones? Like the WWF Hasbro molds. Hmm. You didn't blindly agree with that. Don't no, you? I, I, I didn't, I wasn't terribly upset with these. No, neither was I, but they still would have been cooler if they used the WWF figures. Could have actually been muscly and everything. Yeah, they were not muscly. I will give them that. Mm -hmm. um, maybe if they would have gone and tried to do a little more detail with them, but it was, it was very bare bones. Um, it, 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 and, and it didn't actually even look like... No, they said Chun-Li was dressed like a circus performer. Ken, for some reason, had a ninja outfit on. Zangief, unforgivably, had a shirt on. Blanca's design transplanted onto a G.I. Joe figure body was the stuff from nightmares. <laughs> it, it, it was it was rough. That that the head was horrific. Ah. Uh, all right. Um let's move on to your next all right. pick. And it ties into what kind of we just talked about, right? Uh, no. Yeah, because they released the, they released versions of these figures in this line. We'll talk about it. Let's listen to your clip first. Okay. G.I. Joe doesn't get any bigger than this. The G.I. Joe Hall of Fame collection. Duke, Stalker, Snake Eyes, and Cobra Commander. Each 12 inches tall and authentically detailed. From Duke's lifelike hair to Cobra Commander's boots. They've got cloth uniforms, metal dog tags, and accessories like weapons cases and combat helmets. And each numbered collector's edition is armed with an awesome light and sound weapon for really big action. The G.I. Joe Hall of Fame collection. Hall of Fame figures come with everything you see here, each sold separately. So there was Hall of Fame 12-inch versions of these Street Fighter figures. Oh, really? I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yes, continue. I'm sorry. 
Oh, no worries. Uh, so 91, they came out with Duke. Uh, it was kind of like an anniversary thing. And it was the first time since the 70s that they had released a 12-inch G.I. Joe. I'm going to call it a doll. Mm-hmm. Um, doll. And in 92, they released, it was the second series. And in that second series uh, was uh, Snake Eyes mm-hmm. and Cobra Commander. Which I had both of. You also had those two. Yes. Yeah, and all I wanted was I Cobra Commander was to demask him. Yes, and then when you did, what did you find? It was a letdown. He had a mask on underneath. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah, he did. No, it was a face with a scar on his eye. With a mask. Was it a mask? Yeah, he still he had like a cloth mask over his mouth and nose. Oh yeah, but it was still a face with a scar over his eye. Yeah, yeah, the scar over his eye. Yeah. yeah. Were you hoping? Were you going to see that snake head? I wasn't sure what. I was just excited you could pull that mask off. Yeah, Cobra Commander was really cool because he came with uh, yeah the mask was like uh was a rubber, um and then yeah you but it was the cool cloth one from the cartoon. It was the yes, not the the best looking one, not the metal one. Yeah, yeah, and I'm okay with the metal one. I'm okay with the metal Sunbow one. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at him now. He looks like he's protecting himself from COVID nineteen. Yeah. Uh, he's got his briefcase. The, the briefcase was the coolest thing. It out of was because it had like little like molded in stuff inside of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You cracked that open. Who would have thought like you, you, the, you want to make a boy happy? Get him a Halliburton case. That's a foam cut for a handgun inside. Yeah. But I, I like the top badass. part that looked like it had a computer and everything in it. That was like yeah. my fucking thing. I love that. Ah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And the gun, so he had like a um, little submachine gun. And what was cool with these is it had a battery inside, a little red plastic button. When you like a push it, yeah. it... And that like, battery yeah. never died. No. And thank God it did because there's no way to get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Replace it. Um, yeah, super cool figure. Um, you could still get these dirt cheap, I think, on eBay too. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even look to see if they're on... Uh, where they were on the Ebays. Uh, let's let's do that real quick. eBay. eBay. I also had uh, Snake Eyes. Like you said, you had... Uh, let's I see. got them in both the... for Christmas that year. Oh, I, I can buy it in the box for 20 bucks. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the best part of if you listen to the commercial, they kind of sneak the line in individually numbered. Mm-hmm. Um, one they of were going one billion. For... <laughs> What's that? One of one billion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were so trying to go for the collector market here. Yeah. Um, and it, it it failed miserably. Yep. Uh, they they were they were cool to have around. Yeah. Not. But you didn't best. have anything else to play with them with. Like <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. 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 And it, it was really just like one on one, um, and that, that's all you could uh you could do with them. And they didn't they did not articulate. Well, they were very stiff. Yeah. You, all uh, you could do was make them bang your sister's Barbie doll. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, and it, Snake Eyes, I I really like. Did I just? Snake Eyes. Did I just sully? <coughs> you did. Sorry. You did. I mean, it happened, but no. it did. Um, Snake Eyes came out in the same series, uh, and what, what's cool is he. Based off of the 1991 Snake Eyes, so Snake Eyes <laughs> Duke in the had... box, fifteen dollars or best offer. <laughs> Oof, that was supposed to be the one too. 
Um, Snake Eyes is based off his 1991 reissue, so there's like more Snake Eyes than anyone. And the original Snake Eyes was like the all black figure. Uh, his second version was black with like, but then they added in gray to the visor and the bandolier, which I think is one of the coolest looking one. Yeah, the one I had was gray and blue. My ha- my Snake Eyes. Like this version of Snake Eyes. It oh, just, sorry, you just a... cut out. What? You just cut out. Oh, sorry. sorry. I really do like this version of Snake Eyes. Yeah, that like, was the, 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 the that... pop of color. Yeah. Oh my god, this stuff! So... They sold outfit kits for them. Oh, you're breaking up model. big time. Are you there? What's that? You're breaking up. I'm losing you. Oh no. I'm saying they sold outfit kits for these guys and stuff. Oh, I didn't have any of those. Well, no, neither neither did I. I don't care about changing their clothes. Yeah, my mom wouldn't buy. I mean, Jeffrey wouldn't buy me. Oh. Well, they sold weapons kits too. Yeah. Like they did for the three-inch figures. Um. But he was pretty cool. His mask could come off. Under the mask, he just had a balaclava, so you could still only see his eyes. Right. Um. He had a blue shirt with a fishing vest. I'm sorry, a tactical vest on. Yeah. Uh. It is dog tags. Uh, he had like an Uzi, same thing as Cobra Commander. It lights up, and he had a badass sword. He had a katana on his back, and he had a sheath knife like that strapped to his leg. Mm-hmm. And he could he a Bowie had knife, a pretty right? sick Bowie knife yeah. uh, on his leg. Uh, and then <coughs> on the back, the cool thing with these cards is like they have the same card back as they would with. Uh, yeah, and that's where the red button was, your, right? Your regular? No, I'm I'm just talking to the actual like the uh, file card. Yeah, there was the red button was next to the filed card. To like hit it what? to hear the gun noise. Oh, the no, I was talking like just the details in it. Oh, like um, because they actually went and broke down like they they had his like profile and stuff, but then there was a picture. Of the figure, right? It had all, all it had all the gear laid out. What it was like the gun, the twenty, the like Ruger Mark Twelve standard model and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. that was really cool. You didn't get that with the other. That G. was where I, I learned about guns from GI <laughs> Joe card backs. Mm-hmm. From this GI yeah. Joe card back, I, this, I never knew well, what a twenty-two automatic Ruger Mark Eleven standard uh, yeah. was. Oh, look at that! Yeah, it was it was super cool figure. Uh, he and Cobra Commander would have a, a number of battles because you know. Again, that was the problem. That's all you can really do with them. And they, they were not that posable. As an adult, yeah, it'd be pretty sick to have that just sitting up on your shelf now. And then, you know, take it down at work when no one's looking to play with it, of course. But, um, yeah, and, oh, and you had the cool, uh, even the, uh, uh, what are they? Not I don't want to call them wrist guards. Uh, gauntlets? Gauntlets is gauntlets. Are they more... Uh, Batman's are called guns. braces, braces, hmm. bracers, braces, braces. I'm gonna go with braces. Um, on on his arms, and he even had like Japanese writing on it, which might not be Japanese at all. It might just be a bunch of squiggly lines. I think those are gauntlets. Might... Gauntlets. Yeah, like Batman. Yeah, gauntlets has. have gauntlets would have a glove. Oh. Oh yeah, the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it even says Snake Eyes on his uh, on his on his jacket. So when he's infiltrating, you're like, "Who's that?" And he's like, "I'm Snake Eyes." It has the GI Joe logo too. Yeah, 
He's a real American hero. Yeah, yeah, he is. But yeah, super cool, super cool. A lot of cool detail uh, figures. Uh, some awesome weapons with them too. Uh, I I was I was a big fan of these. Uh, even even if you really didn't have much else to play with them, but they were still cool to have. Yeah, I wanted them really bad, and I was I was a fan too. And I, I really wasn't into much GI Joe, but for some fucking reason, I wanted these. All right, uh, that's my last pick. Here it is. Oh boy. Now, if G.I. Joe can help it, Roadblock, Deep Six, hold off those his tanks. Yo, Joe! Hat muffs, spit take, shoot down those rattlers. Um, excuse me, sir, why is Cobra attacking a tourist attraction with zero tactical value? And with all due respect to India, why are we defending it? Tight ship, you can overhaul G.I. Joe and your commander. Which will clearly happen any day now, as long as your stay on full display. Whoa, buzzkill language. No, you can't have ice cream for lunch. Put your brother on the phone. Freak it. Put down that phone. We're in the middle of a battle. Oh, screw you, boy. I'm in a battle called having three kids. Guys, we're a squad. You're making me look bad. Well, if you're so great, wingman, show us how it's done. With pleasure. So this is probably the best episode of Community ever. They did a full... G.I. Joe cartoon and uh, action figure commercial parody of, of Community. <laughs> um, made by Dan Harmon and done by his animation studio, which now is famous for Rick and Morty. Uh, government issue Jeff was the episode of the title. And Jeff was, was the main character. And he was Jeff Winger, was wingman. Uh, Britta, who's always like raging against the machine and annoying on... Un, un, um, Intelligent ways was Buzzkill. Uh, Annie, who they're always uh, was their like her boobs are often referenced in the show, was in this tiny little sailor outfit called Tight Ship. <laughs> um, Abed, who's like all meta and very much like you know, f- might have the same issues that I have. It's called Fourth Wall. That's a nice way to put it. Yes. Uh, Shirley's called Three Kids because she always says, "I have three kids." It's her excuse for everything. Uh, it, it's just it was great and they, they got permission from Hasbro to do this and the coolest part Squeezer is Michael Bell and Bill Ratner who voiced Duke and Flint in the original cartoon returned to reprise their voices that's pretty cool yeah and it just keeps cutting back before between these cartoons uh, and um, uh, commercials for the, for the action figures uh, with actual kids like is really great. Um, and what I read today that I didn't know is there was production delays. Director Rob Schraub uh, and community creator Dan Harmon are real lifelong friends and life longtime collaborators. The production of the episode was held up for a time while Harmon finished tweaking the script. As the deadline drew near, a friendly Twitter feud between Schraub and Harmon began with Rob insisting that Dan complete the script. The feud culminated in Harmon getting John Kimmel the G.I. Joe theme song theme singer for the episode to sing a parody song about Rob, which was originally posted on YouTube um, with not safe work lyrics. 
I wonder if hold on, I wonder if we can find that. Uh, community googling with the right years. Um. Ah, that's safe. You can hear this here. All right. was dutifully directing the episode. Rob Schrapp was dutifully directing the episode that you turned in too late. Yeah. And he's working around the clock. Yeah. He tweets some bullshit whenever he's busy. Schrapp is an asshole. Schrapp asshole. <laughs> Shrub against all of humanity, tweeting mean things all day. He'll never be nice, he's always mean, eating his own poop and drinking his pee. Shrub asshole! Shrub asshole is there. Shrub asshole is the code name for America's biggest, dumbest, poop eating asshole. His purpose? To tweet mean things at Dan Harmon, a TV writer determined to entertain nice people. I also suspect he hits his wife. Dan Harmon's also the voice of uh, Bird Person. That's why it sounds so familiar. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is great. Um, yes. So what was I saying here? Uh, character designs. Okay, so I had a list of character designs and who they stole <clears throat> them off of. But I don't know what I did with them. Um, so production was, they announced it at Comic-Con that the, the deal was they were taking so long to get the, the, they, they wanted it to be fit in continuity, the episode. They didn't just want it to be a one-off and they figured it a pretty good way to do it. And then Dan Harmon said this about Hasbro's involvement. The weird thing was how cooperative they were. They were not maligned by their product in any way. Not that we um, align their product in any way, but the product is a syndicated children's cartoon with a different rating than ours. So it's like part of the point of the episode is that there's a different sensibility within this world. So I thought they'd have more problems than they did uh, with the idea of Jeff Winger's G.I. Joe character accidentally killing. That's the joke. Like Winger accidentally kills Destro and no one ever dies in G.I. Joe, <laughs> except in the episode you talked about. Um, but they were cool with it because they were very, very gracious with their product. That's really cool, too, because you're accustomed in TV that if someone pulls out a Snickers bar, it always says Snookers. So the weird thing is that when you actually see branding like this, it hits your brain like it's kind of revolutionary, which is dumb because why should that be? But if you see a G.I. Joe logo and we have G.I. Joe characters talking to our characters, it's weird that they let this happen. But they did. Uh, so I would suggest watching it. It's in season five. And it I'm going to watch it tonight as I prep my ribs. It is episode 11, and it's on Netflix. Netflix. Yes. Gotcha. But you might not get it completely without having seen any community before. Uh, I've seen plenty of community. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, okay. I just you, don't watch it religiously. You, you, you know about the Dean and... Uh, um, oh, what the fuck? I'm... He's overkilling it, but uh, uh, Chang, <laughs> Chang. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
uh, who the fuck's the actor that plays Chang? He's my favorite. Like when he does, like I, I was watching episodes a few weeks ago because Ken Ken Jeong, he does like puns. Like the Dean does Dean puns and Chang does Chang puns, and he does the line where he goes, "Now you're speaking my language." <laughs> I just <laughs> fucking died. You would laugh at that. <laughs> Uh, but we would not have Childish Gambino's uh, two albums that are like my some of my favorite albums because Ludwig Gorson was the composer on uh, Community, and that's where he met Donald Glover, otherwise known as Childish Gambino, and helped him produce Camp Because the Internet and Awakened My Love. Ludwig Gorson is a name you might know, Squeezer. Are you a fan of the mandalorian score uh, i am he ludwig gorson did that and i often yes. tell you to watch creed because uh ludwig gorson uh, he he went to college with um uh ryan coogler and he he did the score for uh fruitville station his first movie then creed and creed 2 and he takes the original rocky score and blends it with hip-hop and it's so fucking dope um, yes, but Ludwig Gorsen, he also does, I believe, the the music for Book of Boba Fett, too. He won the Oscar uh, yes. for Black Panther. But, uh, yeah, that's where, like, a little community background knowledge. But that's it. G.I. Joe, Squeezer. We did it. That was fun. I, I rambled on mostly, but... You didn't ramble. Well, I rambled on too. I mean, at least you stayed on task. I get excited. Um, I rambled on and uh, ramble on, ramble on, ramble on. Um, that's it. Uh, we haven't got so we got a few comments. I haven't read comments. We didn't get. We haven't gotten any new comments on Apple Podcasts since November. So if you're a listener and you like the show. Um, leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts because it helps other people find it. Uh, but we've been getting some nice comments on YouTube that I haven't read. And Melissa Kimball wrote, Merry Christmas to RK and Squeezer and everyone. This movie is so great. She's talking about Christmas Vacation, the sequel. Nah, although I bought a sealed copy and DVD at a local thrift store for $2 just for curiosity's sake. Now, play ball. Love, Aunt Bethany. Um, Maddie Mark said, Thanks for another great podcast, guys. The Wish Book episodes are probably my favorite. I remember going through them as a kid, gawking at all the awesome toys I wanted. And Ish, our man, Ish, who's a sweet boy, said, Another great show for the books. Arcane and Squeezer are going to waste their shot. Sneaky Hamilton reference. Bringing back the nostalgia of early Mattel toys. Where else can you get 52 new shows a year? Definitely one to subscribe to. See, Ish is just well, doing his part. I wouldn't say they're new shows. Well, they're, they're, they're new shows. Oh, man, we, we got... Look at all the... Look at all the fucking Machiavellian. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna need Alex Jones back here to translate all these these uh, codings, these these symbols or tongues or or uh, or uh, what's a good word that they would use in like a Dan Bots. Brown novel? <laughs> oh, uh, Tr- uh I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Anyway, uh, that's this week's episode of um, Brad Ears Podcast. Aw. That's how we're going out, kids. Um, what do we got next week? 
Do you remember? Uh, Snow Days 3. Snow Days 3. Shit. <laughs> yeah, we gotta... Yeah. I gotta remember shit. We gotta remember when we talked in Snow, in, uh, snow Days 1 and 2. Not, not, not just remember what we already talked about, but try to remember more of yeah. my childhood and regurgitate it to you all. Yeah, or just, you know, talk about the classics, redo the classics. Yeah, like, you know, hey, 52 new episodes a year, unless we can't look at a calendar right. 52. Doesn't mean it's not a repeat in a, with a nice wrapping paper on it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we'll be back next week with Snow Days and for every week of the year because we don't take weeks off at the Rad Years podcast. On we, purpose. We don't have sponsors and we don't have... We don't have people telling you what you should and shouldn't say on the Rad Years podcast. Like, Alex Jones would come on and talk about the Illuminati and lizard people because we're not being controlled by big corporations and government. Right, Squeezer? Uh, honestly, it's only because it's too much work. Hi, <laughs> right, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. See you, everybody.